but none lounged there today. The Sea King was famous among a certain social set. If the Dexon staterooms could only talk, Flint's client had said, scandalous secrets of internationally renowned masters of the universe would be revealed. To Flint, the depraved behavior of frivolous gadabouts was unimportant. He wasn't here to party. As his father had done before him, the yacht's current owner hosted a legendary card game each week. Participation was by invitation only, for men of a certain quality. A long list of potential players lusted after a seat at the table. Some worthy, some not, waited years for the chance. For more, the invitation would never come. Flint was not welcome, which was why his preparations had been especially thorough. In a casino bar, he had befriended the ship's private chef. Plied with enough alcohol, the chef had confirmed the Sea King's custom interior layout, which Flint had retrieved from the manufacturer's secret archives. With a high-powered telescope and secure military satellites, Flint had spent two weeks studying the Sea King's activities. The chef had drunkenly confirmed other details. The regular crew numbered ten, all weapons trained. Two were dedicated to security. The security team was identifiable by the black name tags they wore on their starched white uniforms. But it was their ruddy sea-worn faces and bulging muscles that distinguished them as the ones most likely to win in close-quarters combat. Flint had watched as wealthy visitors were ferried from the island to the helipad at the Sea King's bow several times. Occasionally, women who didn't behave like wives were included. Up to twelve guests could be luxuriously accommodated overnight. Daytime visitor capacity was 120 souls. He'd learned the Sea King's systems and routines, charted its timetables, placed trackers on the ship's vehicles. In short, over the past 14 days, he'd identified, eliminated, and minimized risks until nothing but irreducible dangers remained. Two hours before he entered the water, Flint had watched the helicopter deliver just five gamblers for the high-stakes poker game. With the crew and the owner, there were a total of 16 people on board. Sixteen men. No girlfriends, no hookers, and certainly no wives or children. Today's batch were long-time gamblers, but they were not the best of the best, which was how the yacht's owner liked it. These players were the perfect patsies, just as Flint's client had been. Should the patsies ever realize they'd been cheated, they'd have no legal recourse. Not that his client wanted to make a legal claim for his losses. Far from it. Attention to his plight from the courts or anyone else was the last thing he wanted which, in addition to extraordinary competence, was why he'd hired Flint. Discretion. His client had lost a family heirloom, a not-so-small piece of jewelry. More specifically, an amber and gold pendant. The pendant was priceless because it had been a gift. From Nicholas II, the last Russian czar. The client's great-grandmother had been a young violinist. In the dark months before the Russian Revolution, she had performed a private concert for the Romanovs and their guests. Tsar Nicholas II had been so moved by the performance, his own children so entranced by the girl's artistry, he had taken the pendant from his wife's neck and bestowed it upon the young musician. Hers was the last concert ever performed for the Tsar's family. Months later, the Romanovs were executed in a grim stone cellar. The girl went on to become famous for a time, 
She wore the Romanov pendant during every performance for the remainder of her career. The pendant had been passed down through her family until Flint's client inherited it. Because of its provenance, the pendant was appraised at $8 million, but it was not insured. Money could never replace the heirloom. Flint patted the cheap replica stashed in the waterproof pouch in his wetsuit. The genuine Romanoff pendant was resting inside the safe in the Sea King's private office, deep within the owner's suite on the top deck. All Flint had to do was exchange the fake pendant for the real one. When he thought of the mission like that, it seemed simple enough. He kept up his rhythm, sinking his breathing to his power strokes with his arms and legs. The Sea King's hull appeared dead ahead, relaxed and waiting in the sparkling water. He glanced at his watch again. The first scheduled break in the poker game had ended 15 minutes ago. They should be well underway.